All right, all right. Good evening, good evening, folks. Welcome to After Dark with Sean Cornelius. I am your host, the romantic, funny man, Sean Cornelius, and I am so excited to be back in the saddle again uh, with another show. Got a fantastic show for you, as I always say. Have a fantastic show. But before I do that, uh, we get going. I want to say uh, what's up to my right, my left hand, uh, my right, which is program director at DDC, Denise DeGiorgio Cooney, and also my left, Smoke, back there, uh, producer Smoke, sitting there getting ready to do the job for you that they normally do to make sure this show runs as smoothly as it's supposed to. Listen, also want to say what's going on. Good evening to everyone out there. Uh, to let you know, we are streaming live as we do this show. We stream live to social media. So I want to say what's going on to people on Facebook and for the folks out there on YouTube. And, of course, BronxNet Television and DH1 TV. And if you're listening on Spotify, yeah, the show is doing very well. So I want to say hello to you and thank you for supporting. Uh, now, tonight... Tonight's guest, uh, special guest. Uh, I, I love it when it's entertainers because, you know, obviously I am one myself. But when I can uh, connect with the guest and recall uh, some of the things that they've done, then that's even more special. So this gentleman uh, that's on the show tonight is a singer-songwriter, and he's formerly of the group Whistle. Uh, and I know you got to be got to be a little old school to remember but uh, we're, I'm going to bring them on. We're going to talk about some of the things that you might recognize. But uh, I'm, I'm humbled uh, to have him on tonight so that we can discuss uh, that era of music, his career, and also what's going on with him right about now. So it's about two minutes after uh, into the show. So, you know, that's the time I like to bring my guest in. Don't like to talk too much about I let him do more talking about himself than I do. We'll get this thing going and have some fun. So uh, welcome to After Dark with Sean Cornelius, Mr. Brian Jazz Faust. What's going on, brother? <laughs> Everything is good, man. How are you? I'm maintaining, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, man. Again, I'm just pleased. I want to shout out Tony Willis, a former manager of mine and, and also a business partner with, with Brian with yes, Jazz there. Yes. My manager so, now, my current manager, yes. Yes, for, for connecting us. She's good people, and she should be watching. So who knows? Like you said, you'll find out if she is. I'll find out if I am. <laughs> if, I'm off, if I'm out of pocket, she's going to definitely let she me go. She's going to hit you up probably, the probably yes, during the interview. <laughs> it, it, it'll buzz. The phone will buzz. She'll just interrupt yeah. Shut me well, down and just say, now you can go back in. Well, listen, man, again, I thank you for being here. And let's get into it, man. Before we get into the career stuff, uh, for those that don't know, a uh, formal introduction, tell the folks who, who you are, man, where you're from. I know where you're from. You are a New Yorker, so that's good right off the top. So no tell them who Brian is. Um, born and raised Brooklyn, New York. Um, was born in East New York. Grew up in um, East New York at Crown Heights. Um, but primarily my teenage years were spent in Flatbush. We moved to Flatbush finally. Um, music has always been a part of my family <clears throat> as far as the love of it um, and just being exposed to it. So, you know, and um, Brooklyn has its own rich musical history in rap as well as um, R&B. So those influences definitely played um, a part in my upbringing. But man, I'm just a dude from Brooklyn. 
know what I mean? That that got with some of his childhood friends, man. They tried to um what we all wanted to do back then, make a record, man. At the end of yeah. the day. And you ended up you 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 actually ended up doing that. Yeah, we did. You made several records. You made several yeah, records. Yeah, we did. So we did. you were <laughs> you know from uh, formerly of the group Whistle. I remember Whistle. Yes, sir. Uh, the this the song I remember honestly was the Just Bugging song. Yeah. Uh, when you guys first the first the first track back, and that was what nineteen eighty. That was eighty. Uh, it was actually eighty five. It was released at the end of eighty five, but it took off in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah, and I actually went back to watch. I watched the video last <laughs> night, but I remember. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I was a lot smaller than two. But yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let's let's talk about it then. Let's talk about the group. Let's talk about the band. Now, you started singing young. You said music has always been in your life. Was it just singing, or was it instruments, or or both, or a combination? Well, I never played an instrument. You know, um, I think the only thing I was around I my my. My aunt played flute like my mother's baby sister, if I remember. A clarinet. It was a clarinet. Okay. Um, but okay. and she sang, you know, but as far as like um just you know my and you know, the influences, it was it was, you know, you, you grew up with R and B, you you know, in adult contemporary music at that time, which was pop music. Um, you know, you get a that's what you did back then, bro. There wasn't right. any social media, you know what I'm saying? Um, we wasn't allowed to watch TV <laughs> for mm. long periods of time. We had certain sections, and most of the time that was like Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, and that was it. Now you could probably watch the show with your parents, but primarily we was outside. Right. So if you was outside, you was either doing sports, you was either, you know what I'm saying, in, in the streets, or you was doing music. That's what it was. It was just something um culturally. Or playing ball, you know what I'm saying? You're doing mm -hmm. something, but culturally, as far as New York City is concerned, on a musical level, you know, it, it's very energetic. It's very, um, you know, we it's it's got its own vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and created one of the greatest, you know what I'm saying, um, genres of all, which is hip hop. So, you know, it it's definitely. Um, it was definitely influential, man. Everything, it, it was so normal that if you knew somebody that rhymed, if you knew somebody that sang, if you knew somebody that played in a band or danced, or even played ball, it was like, okay. It was almost like, that's what you do. Like, if this yeah. is what you do, this is what you do. And it's a certain level that you do it to if you're serious about your craft. You know what I'm saying? Sure, So sure. that's how it was. And, and yeah. that's what you saw. And dudes would clown you. You know what I mean? Like you may you may get beat down if you were as thorough as you said you were. Sure. You know what I mean? So you had to, you know, it it was also that element to it. And it, yeah, it was different. It was viewed different. You know what I'm saying? I, than it is now. I totally connect with you because I had a singing group back in college. And that was okay. 83, 84, 85, mm -hmm. 86. We still call ourselves a some kind of a group today, but we're just still friends. Yeah. So that whole singing thing was was what it was. That's why I said in the in the intro to welcome, I can connect with you on that no level because of no that doubt. era, you know, the eighties. And you guys kicked in right before the nineties, boy bands and all those other things, and probably influenced 
a lot of that stuff um, from record labels forming these groups and doing things on that. So the level of, uh, again, Whistle was a combination of R&B and hip hop. And did, where did you guys tell us the like the quick history? Where did you meet? How did you meet? Did you, or, like you said, if you knew somebody, you knew somebody. So you guys right. knew each other? Well, no, um, just connected. Um, like when I was growing up in East New York, um, like Daddy on Stetson Sonic, they lived up Brown okay. Street, like that way going towards. Um, it was still East New York, but it's like the, it's kind of funny to say, but if you think about East New York, if you think about in Brooklyn, in that section of Brooklyn, it's like it's like dual cities that stretch up to a certain point. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And it's like the blocks is like it's lengthy, but it's it's right next to each other. Okay. So it's like you have Brownsville where you got MOP, you know what I'm saying? That whole first family click. And then you got, you know what I'm saying, um Brownsville and Boot Clamp click. You know what I'm saying? You got all of that. And then you got Stetsa up this way and Fat Boys is from East New York. So Bad Boys is from East New York, an old school group as well. So I knew um that three of the bad boys, three of the members, I knew them. Okay. You know, I grew up with them. So sure. You know, that being an influence, you know what I'm saying? Then knowing them, when I moved to Flatbush and I was in high school, my high school sweetheart, one of her best friends with the school with us was Dayton Kango, Kango Kid from UTFO. Okay. And um, I told her I wanted to meet him and she was supposed to introduce me to him. But what happened is their other best friend um, used to dance at Alvin Ailey. Um, and my my um my homegirl Andrea Andrea Martin, excuse me Andrea Fair with a baby to Martin. That's another Andrea. But okay. anyway, she um she danced at Alvin Ailey, so I went with her and her brother to watch her one day. And Kango and you, well, the rest of the whole group got on the train, and um that's how I met Kango, and we started talking, hooked up, and you know just basically hit it off. Um, Doobie from the group Whistle. I actually had seen Doobie before in a house party wine, and I thought he was dope. But I didn't know he lived on Kango's block because I hadn't met Kango yet. So okay. when I went to hang out with Kango on his block, Doobie happened to be home from school. Doobie used to go to the, the, um, the University of Maryland. And he was actually home from school. So he just on some hangout stuff, you know, we um, Kango introduced us and we just hit it off. So then it turned out when Kango would be on the road, I would be with Doobie. And we okay. just started becoming closer. So Silver Spinner, our DJ used to be, um, or the DJ of the group, because he was a member of the group. He used to um, romance UTFO and plus go to high school with Kango. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's how, you know, our connection with Silver, we knew him through that. And um, and Doobie also is an original member of UTFO. It was when it was called UFO and it was a neighborhood group. Right. So. But when Doobie went to school, that's when Kango, Doc E, Ice, you know what I'm saying? They did, you know, they signed a deal. So that's basically how we knew each other and how we met. And um, right. from there, you know, me, Doobie, um, and Silver formed the group Whistle. Um, of course, right. me and Doobie was a group before Silver came. Mm -hmm. But as far as the group Whistle is concerned, we all three. Um, right. Doobie wanted him thought he was dope as a DJ, told me he was dope, he had heard him. I hadn't heard him yet, I hear him yet at that point. And, you know, of course, which he turned out to be a dope DJ, but, you know, we put him in a group and um, 
That's how we moved. That's how we connected. Yeah. So it's basically relationships, which is like with anything. Yes. You know, it's relationships form or this person knows that person, or that exactly. person knows that person, or this one. You just happen to be in the mix and the flux of of the hip hop exactly. thing and people who mm-hmm. were movers. Um, so yeah. who were some of your influences, Jazz? Because you're a singer, and we'll get into your solo stuff. But who are some of your influences? Because obviously coming through the 80s, and if you have the parents that we all had, you heard all kind of music, especially on them Saturdays. <laughs> who are some of your influences? Music? Um, definitely um, you know, the Grace, the CV Wonders, the um the Luther Vandross, um Barry White, the the Teddy Pendergrasses, the um Smokey Robinson, the Temptations, the Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five, all of that, Parliament, mm-hmm. Funkadelic, all of that. But my own, but even being influenced by that, you know, like some of my personal favorites was like um James D Train, D Train Williams. Yes, sir. Like I'm a I'm a huge D Train fan, um, and um, I know like listening to him like energized me, um. I want to say his name was Raheem Le- LeBanc, who used to sing the lead for GQ. That's the correct name. Um, from yes. GQ. Um, yes, sir. Him, Raheem. Um, definitely um, Michael Prince. I mean, you know, it, I'm, it was with me and music, it's a, it's a diff, I, I'm different in, in the respect of that. And now that I'm saying I'm different from anybody else. But my, I got to connect with you. I got to feel you. So if I feel you, I'm going to feel you on a level of artistic um, greatness and dynamics. So Got you. Got you. when, when I, don't, I didn't know what made me gravitate towards D-Train until years later. And then when years later came and I actually met him, I knew what it was. It was his harmonies. It was his, it was his emotion that he would put in the song. And his his approach to us, his cadences, you know what I'm saying? And then he had a certain type of tone to his voice. And it was almost as if his voice was in, it was like he was using it as an instrument, like a tone to be within the music. Yes, sir. And then I would listen to Prince doing it and Raheem doing it. And it just, you know, it just made me want to hone my voice to get to that level. Um but being, you know, I'm self-taught. I never had vocal training. I never had okay. formal training, excuse me, formal vocal mm-hmm. training. Um, I just basically worked at it. It's something that I wanted to do. I thought I, I could do it. Um, yeah. and, I was, and I was very timid, you know what I'm saying? But I was also blessed to be around, um, especially in Whistle, two phenomenal singers and Craze and, and um, Turk because they they didn't know that but they pushed me sure. because i felt like i needed to be on the same level and i and i knew that with me i'm not an acrobatic say i don't i don't do a lot of runs that's mm-hmm. not my style um and which is i'm not you know i'm not against it you know you got charlie wilson you got um aaron you feel me and, and joe and different cats that rock like that and um yes. rl you know what I mean? And murder it. Um, of course, Wanye and, and KC Jojo. But that's not my style. I don't do that. You know what right. I'm saying? So I had to find that level, that balance to where I connected. And um, you know, I just I just was blessed, man. I musically, you know, I wasn't 
I wasn't around cats that people may think like is important, mm -hmm. but they were. And the level of importance that they was at was on a uniqueness. You know what I'm saying? They played roles in the greatness of things. Sure. And I think when you meet people in that respect, that influence is great. Of course, I would have loved to chat around Prince and talk to him and, you know what I'm saying, sit around Slidestone and talk to no him. Doubt. Of course no I doubt. would. But no to doubt. sit around those who already picked their brain and I connect with them, it's, it, it, it made me feel like I, I gained a role, not necessarily in their legacy, but I had I was able to touch that that energy. You feel me? Right. Yeah. Well, you talk about greatness. I mean, from what I read, and then we'll get into some of your greatness. You know, on another level of writing, um, Keith Sweat. You guys were connected with Keith at yeah. some point. Well, not whistle, but myself. Not whistle. Um, right. The next. Right, this, right. this next group. Right. On, on right. Level. Um. After after I left whistle, um, I formed a group with um Free of in Touch, which is you know too hype fame. Yes, um, and also yes. touch that also was the group touch that did without you the big club banger back in the eighties too. Mm -hmm. So um three did three songs on the last whistle album that we okay. had done. And I remember that Free was um um free that's how we knew Vincent because Free was part of In Touch, which was signed of Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And Entertainment was the first label that Keith was signed to. That he didn't right. make it last forever, and I'll give all my love to you. Exactly. Like those those two albums. So Vincent, that's how we I wasn't necessarily connected to Keith a free and Vincent were, but I was in that next generation of entertainment artists that sure. came out, came after that. We just never came out because right. the label, the label um lost the deal with the district. The distribution deal with um Electra and then we broke up anyway. So we still cool, but I'm just saying that we just broke up and we started I you know, we was all we started as producers together. Like that's right. what it was. And then we made a group. So um yeah. it was it was probably more so I mean I thought it would have been a dope group, but uh, you know, I think that it was just a it was a vibe and an era that we was doing then. But that's how we knew Keith. Or sure. I was connected to Keith. I and, and, and that's what I was saying because this and this runs right into my next conversation. So this is cool. You're not just a, you're not just a singer. You know, you're you wrote songs in the yes, group. Sir. You're a songwriter. Um yes, sir. I'm a songwriter as well. And I know that we get our inspiration from life, yes, uh, sir. emotions, situations. Yes, sir. Um, did you know you had the gift of songwriting back then? Did it come naturally? Uh and what was the first thing you wrote? Not specifically for not specifically for whistle, but the first uh, thing you wrote that you was like, maybe this could be a song. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. Nobody's asked never asked me that. <laughs> um, I, the song I wrote was a song. It, I was a kid. I was like fourteen. I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll still we'll take it. I was like fourteen, <laughs> and the name of the song was um, "Sugar Baby," and. Um, I just had this melody in my head and I just sang to it. It was monotone. It was the same thing. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just, the funny thing is I never thought about it. Right. It was like people, I heard people sing songs. I didn't, I'm, I mean, because when I got into music, I was a kid. Like I was a 
young, young kid. I would sure. sit in my grandmother's basement and just play records and records and records and records and records. It wasn't right. even about, um, it was just, I love love music. I love to listen to it. So for me, when I heard lyrics, it was like, oh, they sing a song. I got to write a song like that and sing it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how right. I thought about it. Like, <laughs> I didn't separate the singing right there. Okay. I right. just thought like, yo, if you say you write, you write songs. Like, that's you're what singing you what you wrote. Right. right. You yeah. sing what you wrote. All right. And yeah. then as I got into business, I found out that other people, you know, they write and you just sing what they write. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So we can collaborate. Like, that's how I thought about it. Even with rhyming and even with MC. Um, sure. And making records, it was the same thing. It wasn't, I didn't MCs. I, mean, I was an MC before I was, I mean, I always sang, but I was an MC. So you write your rhymes. Like, if so, if you write your rhymes, you write songs. You sure. That's what you do. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, um, yeah. it wasn't until I started analyzing um, songs that I really liked lyrically that I saw who wrote what and who didn't write. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody else may have written a different thing that they wrote. So, um, I would say that it it did come to me naturally because I love mm -hmm. words, sure. But um, it wasn't anything that I could say I consciously set out to do. Now, what I consciously set out to do once I started was to get better, right? Like I, I made a conscious effort, and um, I was always iffy about the early stuff that I wrote. But it wasn't until I actually, which is funny hooked up with free and um i had sang i had wrote something and i sang it to him and i remember he said to me he was like i like that he said but you, you he said you saying what you he said you saying you talking about love but you saying it on a surface level he's like you saying it like everybody else say it he right. said saying how you say it he said i want to know what you think how you feel about it what's your viewpoint are like, you how does love make you feel? What is your vision of it? And when he said that, um, it changed everything for me because I never wrote from any other perspective again. Yeah, right, I, right. I, I it, felt like, right, at that point, I always wrote from, I'm not, it's all good. Um, yeah. I just wrote from a place of, if I was that person or if I felt this way or if I was in this situation, what would I do? Or yeah, that's if I was, was that say. person, how would I handle it? I that's was going to say, how yeah, because then, then you started experiencing your own stuff mm -hmm. from your own perspective mm -hmm. that you might not have experienced, but you were just thinking about what this person was. But you were able to go deeper in depth with your writing. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So you, so you talked about we talked about whistle. You guys had a little run, then you, mm -hmm. you know that expanded. You got into the other group, had a little mm -hmm. run, then you. You that disbanded and and you went solo. You did some solo things, mm -hmm. and this is where we are pretty much today. You were doing yes, some things. Um, what is that like? Because I obviously I know I know for me personally being mm -hmm. in a group. But what is that like? What was it like for you to to have that group dynamic and then be now solo? Did it give you more freedom? Did you miss the group thing, or is it better for you solo? Um. I would be lying if I said I don't miss it. Um, I, I miss the dynamics of the group being in respect of the camaraderie, the um, 
the energy I I bounce any I bounce ideas off of people. Um, I don't like to think about myself. I mean, I know what my gut feels like, but I don't think of myself in perspective like I know everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, the funny thing is that I never wanted to be solo. That's why I was in two groups because I never, I never, or I never set out to be solo. Me being solo came from a place of literally, and this is the truth, came from a place of other people not being as into the group concept as I was, mm-hmm. or, or, and I should say, and, um, we just not seeing the same thing idea wise. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it was more so a, a situation in where I was like, okay, well, I know what I hear and I know how I feel like we I should do it. Mm-hmm. So the only way that I'm gonna be able to do it is to do it for me, is doing myself. So that's right. really where that came from. Um I loved being in Whistle. I loved being in Group Home Productions, GHP. Um, especially GHB, I loved it. Like I loved it. Like, and what was it about that that made it feel so, like the way you're expressing it now about um, that group? Well, we see with whistle. I was a kid, and I went from being a well, I was a younger, you know, I was turning eighteen, but I wasn't a, a adult. So I was mm-hmm. a young adult, a young teen, or older, uh, older teen, I should say. Mm-hmm. And getting ready to transfer into the manhood of the 1920, 21. And my viewpoint of music was always timid. It wasn't, um, I knew what I liked, but when I would present it, I wasn't supported with it. So I just would be quiet and go back in my role to, to do whatever, as far as whistle was concerned. Sure. And, um, and not in a, in a negative way, it was just that, you know, Sometimes people don't see what you see or hear what you hear or vibe what you vibe. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it wasn't anything like, oh, they just hate nah, it wasn't that. They just didn't they didn't vibe with it. Um mm-hmm. or it wasn't or I wouldn't say if it wasn't that they didn't vibe with it, they it didn't motivate them or connect with them enough to make them be like, yo, let's rock with that jazz. It wasn't like that. Um sure. but group home was like the yo dog it was like the ultimate um musical dream mm-hmm. i'm signed to a label that's distributed by a major right mm-hmm. which and that ever wanted because you know you want the exposure comes with it sure in the, in the financial push but i was actually doing what I want to do. Okay, I get it. You understand? With, yeah. with, with, like, the dude that owned the label, his name was Vincent Davis. Mm-hmm. Vincent would literally block two weeks of studio time, four days in a row that we might miss a day because, not because he wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. because somebody had already booked it but if it was like if he went to book something and say we had seven days you know seven days seven days and that first weekend was taken and the other weekend was open vincent's taken from monday to sunday right right so we're literally in the studio all the time i'm 20 
22 maybe <laughs> i think i'm like 22 yeah. i'm 22 years old i'm signed to this label i can do anything that i want i got my my mentor and my og you know say whose teeth who is who's opened my mind up as far as writing is concerned he rocking with me then i got my man will skills who was from the group pure blends originally saying like background for nice and smooth me and will are connected on a level as far as singers together i've never felt that again like uh, me and will were so so entwined with each other that it was a joy for us to sing with each other like we i know it i, I saw it i felt it we loved it like cool. And not that I didn't, I love singing with Whistle like he loved singing with Pure Blend, but it was different with me and him. It was like, yo, I get it. And he was like, yo, I get it. It was right. like, we got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could, I could sing a line and Will would just come in. Right? As soon as I ended, it would be like right then. He would like, he would know. And I would right. do the same thing. He would do something and I would come behind it. I would just know, like. You talk about chemistry. Right. And yeah. it's like, but they type of level if I can explain it best, it's like how Jordan and Pippin was, mm. or how Bill and, and Wall were. You know what, mm. what I'm saying? Like when you got, got a guard and a point guard and they and they tight, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. how Clay and, and Steph is. It's it's different. I never felt that before. Okay. Okay. When I got with when I got with that situation and, and Will came in the group, it was like Yo, it's like we wanted to sing forever. Like it was like, yo, we gonna sing forever. Like yeah. that's the type of connection that we had. And Free is such an innovative person that, and then Will started doing tracks because he didn't start. He came in as a singer. Hmm. Then he started doing tracks, and it was amazing. So it was like we all could do all of this stuff. Just the three of us. It was like, and then. My man Rashik, rest in peace, and him and him and Will both passed. But my man mm. Rashik was like the hype man. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like we was an R and B group with a hip hop vibe to it, like a street hip hop vibe. Yeah. But we had the ill hype man. Like he wasn't. He wasn't like Star is the Buster, but for us as an R and B group, he was yeah. like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like he was just. It was like he was our cheerleader, like he was, and he was a, he was a hard dude, my, you know, the God Rashi. Right. It was so that vibe, man. It, it just, and then I met my best friend, my man mm -hmm. Mike Keys, who I'm a partner with production wise now, on my production team, um, the real alone with my boy Norizi, my other best friend. Um, it just brought me so much maturity. It brought me so much freedom, and it brought me, it gave me my best friend. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Musically in my life, that's the happiest time I've ever been. Right. Well, Jazz, check this out. Usually I take a break about now, mm -hmm. but I just want to ask sure. one more question before we take sure. a break, because I really want the people to know what you're up to right now. So that's one of the best things about having your own platform. You know, you can kind of yes, do what you, what you need to do. So yes, I want to expand on that so that the people know, sure. and then we'll take a break whenever. What, what are you doing now? Because uh, jazz, you changed your name from jazz to something else. So, yes, sir. I, I just changed it to Mr. Jazz Lover. Just, I play, I mean, it's always been jazz um, since I was 14 years old. 
Okay. So it was, it was jazz, like Jazzy B, then it was Jazz Ski, then it was Jazzy Jazz for years. And it still is. You know what I'm right. saying? If people call right. me Jazzy Jazz, I'm still that. But um, and, and, um, just before I left Whistle, um, the funny thing is that I was at a show and um, I was just going to say, oh, I'm just going to leave with Jazz. But you had Jazzy Jeff, the DJ, and then you had The Jazz and Jazzo, the MC and producer and singer, because Jazzo can sing too. And um, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to put my spin on it, like my vibe. And um, I was at a show in, in this, I it was this, this um young lady and she was like, she was trying to get my attention. And she was cute, mm -hmm. but she was trying to get my attention. And she said, I, I was, was talking to me and I, my face was turned the direction. And she said, what's up, Jazz Lava? And when mm. she said that, I looked at her and I was like, I like that. It's like, I really <laughs> like that. So, and then the sound I got from um, Red Hot Lover Lover Tone, Tone from Tone and Poker, the track master, you know what I'm saying? He called himself Red Hot Lover Tone. And right. I liked the way he spelt it. You know what I'm saying? So I stole it from him. Tone's my man, he good. But I stole, <laughs> I stole the spelling from him. But um, it just, and then it was Cool Jazz Lover back then. And when I was in group home, it was Cool Jazz Lover. So afterwards, I was like, you know, I'm not young, young. I just felt like the mister was grown. Okay, cool. You know what I'm well, saying? I, and yeah. I just liked it. It's it's like kind of reinventing on a certain level, kinda reinventing sorta. yourself, kind of. Yeah, the, the grown, the grown man, the grown and sexy guy. <laughs> they, well, see, I'm so glad. Is. I'm so glad you said that because that's going to lead into this break, yeah. and then we're going to come back and put the love of Mister Love on the on the in the romantic uh, on the love seat, and inside the love it. zone. So um, I appreciate it. you. We're gonna we're gonna definitely continue to talk some more. With jazz, I want you guys to stick it out and hang out. We'll be right back. Take this short break. Well, after dark with Sean Cornelius, hang tough. Yo, 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 what's happening? This is Tay Diggs here. Ah, uh, walking alongside Malik Yoba, Dougie Fresh, and Kid Capri. We are supporting Sean Cornelius, and enough is enough to stop the senseless killings. And uh, one step at a time, we will get there. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. Uh, and let's let our, uh, our anger and frustration, let's take that energy and, uh, and use it in a positive way to make change. Because God knows we need it. All right, y'all. Try to stay up. Peace. Hi, this is actor-writer Vince Edgill, and you're watching After Dark with Sean Cornelius. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to After Dark with Sean Cornelius, when my special guest, Jazz, formerly of Whistle, and uh, now Solo Man, and he's now changed his name because he's a grown, he's a grown lover. <laughs> so, so this is the part of the show where, um, thank you for a great first half. That was a great first half. Thank you. thank you, thank you, bro. Yeah, so now I understand, listening to you, the romantic in you, uh, I heard that you have, 
um, I heard you have a little bit of power. So I need you to help me out right now and just say abracadabra, sir. Abracadabra? <laughs> See how easy that was? <laughs> <laughs> See, you, didn't even, you wasn't even secure with it, and you still said, I look what happened. Yeah, yeah, I, just, yeah, I didn't know where I was going with it. But I, got hey, you. I got you. I got you, brother. I got you. So here's what it is. You are now in the love zone. And uh, you're on the love seat. This is the second half where I get your opinions on love, romance, relationships, and or whatever. You down? Okay. No doubt. All right, cool. And then we'll go back into something else special that I want to ask you. So the first question I always ask all my guests in the second half is, what is your definition of love and why is it important to you? Wow. What is my definition of love? Love is um, honestly... I believe love is friendship and understanding and accepting one for who they are and um, what they bring to the table. Um, I think that we, we, we spend too much time focusing on what we want instead of how we can um, make someone happy because we don't know how to make ourselves happy. Um, and I feel like if I'm, if I know what makes me happy and I'm happy within myself and I'm secure within myself and you're the same way, then you don't have to try to make me happy. I should, and I don't have to try to make you happy. But in the interim, that's what we're gonna do, because sure. I'm secure with myself. You're secure with yourself. We're gonna blend that way. So I would say love is is um it's funny because I if you know I'm old enough to remember this used to have this phrase it used to be love is and it was like. <laughs> things um yeah, i don't know yeah. if it's gnomes or whatever but um love is transparency man and love is honesty and truth and cool. um acceptance i would say that's what it means to me all right and um well i kind of heard your answer in your in your definition but why why is that important to you to you um because i think that you know you need those things in order to be vulnerable, to be um, open and allow yourself to, to, to let somebody in a space inside of you that is, is very sacred, very deep, and very um, guarded most of the time. Okay. And, and basically it's part of your essence of your being and to to allow somebody that deep with you know what I'm saying in that that energy space in you inside of us is um it's scary so you want to know that 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 whoever you give that that opportunity to can bring those things is transparent is sure. is you know what I'm saying yes. I mean of course loyalty and all the rest of that but I want you to be loyal because you want to be not because you feel obligated to be because of the dynamics of a relationship mm -hmm. so that's why i didn't put loyalty as um a requirement or what it means to be but more so of a byproduct and it, it to me it should be a byproduct and it and, a, and an expectation sure got you, you good answer me? good answer yes, totally um next one romance what is your definition of romance and why is that important to you? Um, 
I know this is going to kill me and my name is the lover, but I haven't really <laughs> been as romantic as I probably should have been in my past. Um, okay. Definitely. But um, I think that romance is is doing something that your significant other um, will make, her, make them smile and make them reminisce on that. Um, it's, it's, it's about being caring and showing affection. So mm-hmm. I think that when you do that, you have to do something that that person, you understand what I'm saying, affects them. It's in with their, their realm of, of enjoyment and, and pleasure. Not, mm-hmm. like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's nothing with giving somebody a dozen roses or two dozen roses or thousands of roses. All of that's cool, but if that's the, t- I would rather if I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that to somebody that really loves roses and really wants that. You know what I'm saying? You can't just do right. that and think that every person is gonna be impressed by that. Like, come on, sure. Or right. let me take you out to dinner. It's like, no, let me take you out to dinner because I should be taking you out to dinner anyway. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And within that, taking you out to dinner, then let me be romantic. The conversation can be romantic. You know what I'm saying? Romance is something that, to me, I feel like, and I know people may think this is corny, but this is how I feel. Like, you could walk down the street with somebody, like a New York City street in the summertime. You understand? And you walking down, y'all, and she got her arm around you, like in your arm. Right. Her head is on your shoulder, and y'all walking. That's romantic. Sure. Talk to her. You understand what I'm saying? Talk to her. Find out what she is, what her thoughts is, what her dreams are where she's trying to go. If you connect with that, if you can grow and go with her together, that's romantic to me. That's okay. love to me. You feel gotcha. me? I do. I definitely do, brother. So that makes me ask you this next one. Because you said it before you answered. You said you should. You could have been more romantic than yeah, you are. Where would you put yourself now on a scale of 1 to 10? Where would you put yourself on a romantic scale? I wouldn't rate myself on a romantic scale. And the reason why I wouldn't rate myself on a romantic scale because I don't think that that would be accurate and I don't think that that would be true. That For me to rate myself on a, on a romantic scale would be me projecting what I would do. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like where I am in my life now, mm-hmm. that if I feel you like that, then I have, I have a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Not in an overboard sense, but in a consistent sense. Sure. So to me, it's like, it's like being a, it's like perfect example. I'm, and I, I'm going to use a lot of basketball analogies because I'm a real basketball head. Okay, I got you. But it's like, it's like KG as far as when he first started on the Timberwolves, when he was on the Timberwolves with Steph. Mm-hmm. We knew KG was going to be great. But the level of greatness depends. You understand what I'm saying? You may count yep. greatness in rings. You may count greatness in plays. So we knew he was going to be great. But to sit up there and ask him, yo, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, what do you, would you say your greatness is? He can't say that. Not if he's being honest with himself. Because you haven't done anything yet. I haven't, I said I've been, now, have I done romantic things? Yes, I have throughout my life. Yes, I have. 
but to the level that I probably should have done, I haven't done that yet. Well, that's and that's honest. Because, and that's what I'm saying because I haven't had the opportunity again to be as consistent as I would like to be. So I'm still on that road. I'm still on that journey. You know what I'm saying? I still got to get that ring first before I come back and talk about my careers. That's where I'm at with it. So it's <laughs> right. not that I'm not doing it. It's just yeah, that I'm not. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't do nothing yet. That's what I'm it. saying. That would be my yeah, response yeah. because if you say that you've done romantic things in your life, you may right. not have considered because of the way how you are with yourself. So, right. like like you mentioned, the walking with the young lady with her head on yeah. your shoulder. I'm sure you've done that. You know, I'm yeah. sure you take giving a woman flowers. Those are romantic yeah. things, but the way you're judging it on your own levels, I, I appreciate that because I've done over seventy something interviews, and no one's ever said I can't. I can't call it right now. I've had people tell me they're on the number thousand. I said one yeah, to ten. So it depends. On yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's all about wonderful. the viewpoint. It's about it's the an individual. It's an individual thing. But exactly. to me. Because I know people that would call me out and be like, what you never did? What am I saying? It's the real. You right. understand what I'm saying? And if they was, you know it. what I'm saying? If they was, especially my wife, if that, I, I'm going to hear that. Like, I already <laughs> sure. know. Sure. But it's, but it's, but real is the real. And I'm, and I'm just saying that you have to, when you really trying to change or when you really make a change, you acknowledge stuff that you've done or haven't done. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not because you're trying to be a martyr, not because you're trying to show special, because you're trying to teach, you're supposed to teach those to come out, listen, I did that, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I can mm -hmm. tell you that based on my, boom, this is what happened, don't do that, right. do this. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know what I'm saying? It, a lot of it has to do with that for me. You know what okay. I mean? Like, it, it, it's transparent. I'm like that. Yes, sir. Transparent. Yeah, that's cool. Now, now, now. Yeah. Now you, now you do. <laughs> All right. So give me this. Um, you mentioned a couple of things, but we all know that the foundation of a relationship has got to have respect, honesty, and trust. Mm -hmm. All right. Tonight, for this show, while you're sitting on this show right now, you get to take one of those away and still have a, a, a secure and a successful relationship. Which one are you going to remove? Because just okay, because I asked you to. Okay. Just, what's, tell me three one, the three again. Respect, honesty, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. trust. That's a hard one. Everybody says that. Um, the one I'm going to take away. Honesty. You take away honesty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you can choose to tell me why or not because you know again this is I'll tell you why. Okay. Um because when I you got if you don't respect me, then you're gonna do what you you're gonna do anything that you want to do. Because you don't respect me. You don't respect I feel you don't respect what I think. You understand what I'm saying? So if yeah. you have respect for me, you're gonna move differently. See what I'm saying? So if I'm, I'm a, if you know I'm a person that's not gonna tolerate certain things, you may do them, but you're not gonna do them disrespectfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if you, if I can't trust you, 
they're not there's no respect there and anything that you say or anything that you promise or anything that you commit to i can't trust you there's nothing solid to build on right so you need to respect me and i need to be able to trust you now as far as the honesty part is concerned the reason why i would let that go out of the three because sometimes when they be honest may hurt me to the point that it may i'm, I'm not saying necessarily me me but i'm just saying in general right it right. may hurt me or or derail me in such a way that i can't come back so you may have to be dishonest sure sure out of I respect get... and i trust you <laughs> right <laughs> Right. I'm just cool. saying, but the, I, I'm not that I, I want all three, but I'm just saying if that you feel me. Yeah, I feel you totally. All so right, it's like it changes the honesty part. It changes the honesty. It changes not if you can be honest, but how honest you will be. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a nice word, baby. I, I got you, brother. I'm 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 ahead of you. I got you. <laughs> That's why I came up with the questions. <laughs> nice so here we go. I'm gonna flip this around because of you. Because of when I like when I have certain guests on, I kind of like to mold the show around them. All right. So before I do the last part of the show, which will get you up out of here, um. I need to ask you to do me a solid because we talked about your singing. We talked about your songwriting. We talked okay. about the groups. We talked about yeah. that. I would like to know because there's people out here, it's not just me, would like to hear you sing. Are you willing uh, to do yeah. a little something? Yeah. Are you willing to do a little something for the people? Not for sure, okay, not because it's my platform. But we could do it, you know, you could take two minutes and just throw a little something down. Because I know you got new stuff coming. I know you got some things. You know, all right, I ain't gonna try to I'm not gonna try to rear you in because I think, no, I I think you. you're gonna I do it. You. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you a close-up and I'm gonna let you do your thing. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> Stop running. You have stolen my heart. I'm gone. Stop calling. You know exactly where I am. Do it all, just your touch and your presence. It helps me my day. So when I say I love you forever, it's never an I think I gave enough, man. My man. <laughs> and I'm a little tired, so excuse no, me. No, listen, brother, you did it, though. And I'm going to tell you something. DDC is back there smiling and grinning and throwing <laughs> her hands up in the air. Because whenever there's a singer on the show, she always wants me to go ask him or her to sing. But some people don't, you know, they don't want to just jump out and do That's it. But so she, says, she says, bravo, man. And Thank I appreciate, I appreciate you so much. You. Yeah, so here we go, man. We're going to do this fun little game. We're going to finish up and let you out of here. It's uh, it's actually called, <clears throat> I, I I call it uh, favorites. If you look okay. at your screen, we have this more magic going on. So yeah, I'm I just going to yeah. call out a few <laughs> couple of things. Okay. And you just give me your favorites, and then we move on, all right? So this is to let right. the people know a little bit more about who you are. 
What's up? Let's go. All right, here we go. Favorite food? Lasagna. Lasagna. Okay. Mm -hmm. Favorite all Now, this might be a little difficult because you're a musician, you're a singer. Favorite song all time? Man. Superstar by Luther Vandross. That's a good one. Good one. All right. Favorite movie all time? I'm not a big movie person, but if I had to say it, I would probably say, hmm, man. I know this is going to bug people out, but I would say Cooley High. No, no, that's a... Cooley High. <laughs> now, you got smoke in the back, but producer going crazy because he's an old school cat, and he yeah, loves Cooley High. High as well. Cooley so he dancing around backstage. Yeah. Okay. All right, Cooley High. Now, now I'm, a big, I'm, a big, I'm a big Spike Lee dude, though. Like his okay. early work. Mm -hmm. So I would say after that, it would probably be like a whole bunch of Spike joints. Spikers. Okay. But I'm not a big movie buff type of person. But and and um John Singleton. I feel you. I'm I'm not just, on him. So but I just Cooley watched High four brothers the other night. Yeah. Uh, High, yes. Okay. Favorite book you've ever read? The autobiography of Malcolm X. I don't know why, and I'm not trying to say that I'm a psychic, but I swear. I, that was right at the top of all my head when you right before you said it. I said, it's, uh, "Okay, all right, cool. That works. That works. All right. Favorite vacation spot? I'm not a big vacation person, man. Um, even when I was at Whistle and we went around, it was like travel, I yeah. always wherever I am, like wherever home is for me, I'm good there. Like I can go to other places, enjoy it, but I'm not. I would probably say I'd have to see like um." not necessarily places like always i would have to see like pictures of places like i've seen things where they have like these little hotels yeah on the room is on the water i would yeah. like to go to some like, i would like to go there but if that's okay. in like florida i'm gonna go there like you know what <laughs> right. i'm saying now but it'll be Aruba, that then. i'm gonna go there so it's not yeah. necessarily like that's my favorite. okay i would have to experience first but i, sure. I i'm not a big i haven't other than with group, i haven't really been a big traveler okay all right, this this one is in your ballpark. Favorite songwriter of all time or songwriters? Because it could be a team, it could be solo. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know being a songwriter, you have studied probably and know mm -hmm. some of the greatest songwriters ever. I can't I can give you an, an errors. I okay. can't give you just one. So if you let me give you an errors, then I'll give it to you. Like, go that. ahead, knock it off. Like, yeah, that's cool. Gambling Huff, gotta be in there. Mc McFadden Whitehead, mm -hmm. and Tom Bell. Mm -hmm. Um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, of course. Mm -hmm. There's one more. Okay.
because I might get I might get crucified for this one. So I gotta think about what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of because there um, are so many great ones. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's hard, and just hear me out. It's hard when we start to get into the 90s, the 2000s, and beyond. And the reason why is because because of those people that I, oh, Stevie Wonder, because of those people I, and Luther Vandross and Marcus Miller, because mm -hmm. of those people right there. <laughs> yeah. I got to be real. Because of those people right there, they spawned so many of us. Yep. That I can't say it would be unfair for me to not mention RL. You understand what I'm saying? But then yeah. Raphael Sadiq. Yeah. No, man, listen. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, I knew when I and, asked the question. And, and then, you know, Devontae and Albie, sure. You feel me? And, mm -hmm. and, um, Yo, baby face. My God, how could I forget baby? I was getting listen, I would I didn't want to do it to you. I was no, gonna say I, my God, it. how could I care yeah, for baby, baby face? Um so it's so many there's so many of us. I mean, and, and then of course we have the females, Jill Scott and Lauren Hill and you know, um Erica Badu, you know what I'm saying? You got lettuce. I mean, you got so many, you know, Vivian Green. It's so many. That's you why know I knew, especially for, especially for a musician. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah so many, I get man. it. It's like, in that box. Um, 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 man, I just, <laughs> I the name just flashed past my face, man. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's, that's good. That's Maxwell. good. That's it. I'll take, I'll take that. That's so cool. That's what I'm saying, man. It's just so many, man, because, and <laughs> people may say, well, no, that we, they didn't write this. No, if you, if Ma if the only record Maxwell had ever written was Pretty Wings, mm -hmm. he still would be still. You know what I'm saying? And no disrespect yeah. to R. Kelly, but R. Kelly, no, no. I just I think R. Kelly's a musical genius, but lyrically, yeah, yeah. As far as <clears throat> emotionally. I think that you hear more of his music. I, I think that when he sings, that the passion comes out more when he sings and plays and his overall composition. But lyrically, Pretty Wings. One of those are great songs, what he's man. Saying, that, so that's my point. So when you have that, yeah. if you just did that, just like when I heard that um, Al wrote, you know what I'm saying, Forever My Lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, it's just certain things, man, that you gotta, you know, <laughs> you, you, it make you sit back and, and oh. it's so, I mean, Devon, it's so many people out there, man. I can't, it's not even, I couldn't even say, that. but I, yeah. if I had to, it, it would probably be, um, if I had to say lyrically, it would be, it, I have to say it's Prince. And the reason I have to say the greatest songwriter to me is Prince because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are my all-time favorites. But the respect level that I have for Gamble and Huff and McDonald's Whitehead is immense because 
Without them, you wouldn't have Jimmy and Terry. So it's right, like I gotta right. pay homage to my grandfather. Exactly. I'm pay father to my father. You know what I'm saying? And then sure. you gotta have Prince. So Jimmy and Terry are from that tree. Mm-hmm. So it's like lyrics to me. Like I said, free taught me that lyrics. You can be direct and you can be abstract, but say something. Say something that means something. Don't just say something to fill a rhyme or the line. Don't do that. Say something. Even if it don't rhyme, say something. Because if it's meant from here, it'll connect. Sure. And and um, that's, that's why I would probably say Prince, man. All right. We'll take Prince. All right. Let's ask this last one and get you up out of here, man. This should be easy. Your favorite time of the day for love making? Anytime. <laughs> oh, sweet. sweet. It could be anytime. Yeah, no, I I understand totally. I understand totally. Hey, listen, Jazz. I want to thank you so much, man, for hanging out with, with me and the crew. Appreciate you, man. Nothing but blessings. I appreciate you, Doc. In the future. Yes, we'll we'll stay up, we'll stay in touch. And uh again, man, uh thank you to Tony for connecting us. And yeah, um, this has been this has been awesome, and uh, so I totally pre- I need you to say I need you to say abracadabra one more time, though, bro. Just one more time. Abra- now I'm ready, though. Abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> now. <laughs> it's all wonderful. So uh, I want to thank you, friend. You can bet you, man. Listen, you drop something, you come on back. You call me, we'll we'll, we'll make sure we put it out there appreciate for you. you dog. All right, that's cool. You, all Thanks right. So what me, oh you're welcome. Totally welcome. I want to thank everybody out there on social media, everybody watching. Appreciate you for hanging out with us. And you know, the next time we come back, we're gonna have another hot show. So as I always say in parting, please go with God in your heart. Have a peace of mind. Have a wonderful, wonderful tomorrow. And please take care of yourselves. Uh wear your mask, social distance, hand sanitize, but just overall take care of your health. So from Lula May and Cornelius is baby boy. I'm Sean Cornelius saying good night, God bless you, and I'll catch you back here on the next episode of After Dark with Sean Cornelius. Jazz, love you, brother. Take care of yourself. No doubt.